guys. This is the Pokemon Go Show, Episode 8, and it's going to be great. Welcome back, guys, and thank you for listening. My name is Kate, and I am joined by my co-host, Shelby. Hey, guys, what's up? Hope you've had a great week. Did you know that female giraffes give birth standing up? That means that baby giraffes are welcomed into the world with a 1.5 meter drop to the ground. Ouch! That was according to the National Geographic Kids. Would you like to get standing birth standing up? Heck no. No, I want to have a home birth in a bathtub. Let's have a discussion about what Pokemon would be most likely to have a home birth. <laughs> like, what's the most naturey hippie Pokemon that would want to have a home birth? Like, that would have a doula and, like, uh, what is that called? A midwife. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. Which Pokemon is, like, the most, most earthy that would have a home birth? Mm-hmm. Sweet as the Pokemon that you think that would be most likely to have a home birth. I don't know what I would guess. What would you guess? I don't know. I can't remember enough names right now. Fair, fair. I feel like, I don't know. Probably that, what's the Hypno? Drowsy or Hypno? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like, well, they just remind me of like psychedelic. I, in my mind, I'm thinking of something that it's a grass type. But I don't know what. Oh, I do know. I would go with Oddish. Mm. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. I don't know. If I, I don't think I'd pick Oddish. Now that I say that, no, I'll... No, stick to your guns. Okay, I'll stick to my guns. Don't be lying. I'll stick to it. Fine, fine. So, since the last time we spoke, we were wanting to get Shiny Cubone and or Shiny Ponyta and or Giratina. And I can tell you that Shelby and I both got one of those three. And then I can tell you further that I got two of those three. Take some time right now and guess to see which ones we got. <laughs> Shelby, what'd you get? Drum roll, please. <laughs> Shiny Cubone. <laughs> Technically, Kate got this for me, but that's okay. Still on your account. I just opened it I up. I was in the room. Tell them what happened. <laughs> the room where it happened. Uh, I was in the room and I was... Like you were cooking dinner. I was in the kitchen cooking dinner and then Kate asked me if she could check the Pokemon that were around and I was on my phone. And I was like, yeah, sure. So she checked it and BAM! Bang! Diddly splat! Uh, shiny Cubone. So, woohoo! Holla. Are you going to leave it a shiny Cubone, or are you going to evolve it into a shiny Marowak? I have no idea. That's fair. I usually leave it in its basic stage unless the unless I really, really think that the next stage shiny is really cool. Yeah. Or unless I have two, then I like to have one of each stage. But for the most part, I like to leave it because I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I also got a shiny Cubone. Mm. And then I got two shiny ponyta, which was the one that I actually wanted two of. So I was very, very pleased with myself with that. I think that shiny cubone and shiny rapidash are some of the coolest in the game. I'm not even just saying that. I really enjoy the animations of ponyta and rapidash to begin with. I just think that their 3D models, just their graphics, were made really, really well. 
So you like to see the continuous flames going. And then the fact that they were blue, I thought it was really awesome. It would be really cool if they could, well, this these are not in the original games, but if they could be blue at the base where it's darkest and then, like, you know, gradually transition. Wait, what do you mean? But I guess what I was saying was it'd be, like, blue at the bottom and then, like, at the very top it would, like, gradually fade to, like, yellow or something. Mm. But I don't know. They still look really cool. But we both failed to get a Giratina, which I'm okay with. Honestly. Initially, we said it was not, like, super terrible. We were being really optimistic about it. But in reality, it's actually pretty trash. So I'm okay with not getting one. We still have uh, a few more days in recording this to actually go get one. But if not, I could just get one from a trade, and that would be fine with me. Or, honestly, I could just wait until special research, or not special, field research to get one. I still have to get a Larias, yeah. And I was just going to wait for that because, honestly, I don't really, I don't know, I'm not just burning to get one. But, also, for the seven-day field research, I did get a Shedinja. And tomorrow I will be able to get my second one. My first one was Trash IVs, so I'm really hoping that this one is even a little bit better. Even though Chidinja is a pretty useless Pokemon, which really stinks. But but maybe something that I'm most proud of is that I'm almost to 30 million XP, which is level 40. Oh, 40 times one and a half. Yeah. Anyway, I'm halfway to being level 40 times two, which is pretty cool. I'm really happy with that. Um, but I would be even more happy if they would raise the level cap. Anyway, that was our week. Pretty good. Really busy week, though, just in life. So, with the introduction of Shiny Cubone and Shiny Ponyta, you can also get an Alolan Shiny Marowak from Raids, which is extremely difficult to acquire, considering that it is a Tier 4 raid and those just don't happen as often. So... If you get one of those, that would be super legit, too legit, too legit to quit. And then you can also grab yourself a shiny Ghastly out there. After the release of Gengar Raid Train Day, Shiny Ghastly became available worldwide for around that time. And also, this week new Pokemon were introduced, including Buizel in the Wild and in Tier 1 raids, and also Badoo who is the baby form of Rosalia, and it can be hatched from 5k eggs. And the shiny variant is um, in the game, and it has been released. This is the first baby of Gen 4. I don't have any of the other Gen 4 Pokemon, except for like two, so get egg hatching out there. I don't leave my house. But with Adventure Sync, and you're tracking through your Apple Watch... Uh-huh. You'll be able to actually hatch eggs without having to go outside. Ooh. But I like going outside. I just can't. That's true. That's um, so sad. I can't go into the sun or I'll glisten. You're a vampire? Yes. Say it out loud. Are you one of the Collins? Yes. Twilight yes. makes me cry. Tears of joy, horror, joy. I love it and I can't help it. And I'm not ashamed. 
Okay, okay, cool, cool, Anyways, cool. I feel like that had nothing to do with what we're talking about. It had to do with it and that you said you like to go outside and walk, but you couldn't. And that vampires... There's not a vampire Pokemon that I know of. Give birth... What? By eggs, which brings me to our next topic, which is about eggs... Baby Pokemon appear in seven kilometer eggs. Currently, only a few baby Pokemon have been confirmed to hatch from seven kilometer eggs, including Togepi, Magby, Pichu, Why Not, and other baby Pokemon like Elekid, Cleffa, and Iglybuff have not been confirmed as shifting to the seven kilometer eggs. Baby Pokemon have joined the Alola Pokemon in 7km eggs, and there's a chance for Baby Pokemon to hatch as a shiny. And if you're looking for one, you need to collect eggs from your friends. Okay, so to recap, quick recap, unless it's changed. I know for sure that Magby, Why Not, Pichu, and Togepi come from 7km eggs because those can all be shiny. So, for these 7-kilometer eggs with the baby Pokemon, we will update you guys next time on if they have removed any of those or added any of those. If you really want a good chance of hatching a shiny baby Pokemon, this is your best chance since there are less species of Pokemon in 7-kilometer eggs than the 5 or even the 2. So, this is your best chance to get these shiny baby Pokemon. Okay, so for Cyndaquil Community Day... It was once again... Was it a two-day thing? Uh-uh. No, it was not, sadly. I like when it's two days better. Let us know in our Twitter what you think. Just kidding. You already have too many things to respond to. But uh, if you have time, you can let us know what you think about one-day versus two-day community day... What? <laughs> community days. I personally like two because, you know, I don't feel as pressured to spend four hours straight doing it, especially when it's freaking freezing outside. And so on Saturday, we were busy watching some good old-fashioned football. Whoop! And so I opened it on my walk to the stadium, and Kate did better than I did. She opened hers quite a few times. Um, but I opened, opened it on the way there, and then I think one time in it, and Kate got herself a few, I think. I did. I managed to get four, but one of those I wanted to trade for you, because you didn't get any. Oh yeah, I didn't get any. So there was a bunch on the way to this, on the walk to the stadium, but, um, I'm yeah. it with you right now. Let's go ahead and trade. Okay, sounds good. Maybe it'll be Here. lucky. So I checked a bunch, I don't know how many, but a bunch, and none of them uh, were shiny, sadly. But that's okay, because Kate's always got my back. Okay, so on Cyndaquil Community Day, you also got had the chance to get a Typhlosion with Blast Burn. Which, it's a pretty decent move, but Typhlosion is not even the best fire-type attacker, and as we have probably hinted or mentioned before that fire it does not really have a strong place in the meta so this is pretty much just a collector's piece um i only evolved one one of my shinies 
other than that, I didn't even really care about this move. But So if you didn't manage to get it, it's okay. And if you did manage to get it, then that's cool too because it's, it was an exclusive move and you, now you can remember your time that you spent playing on Community Day. Okay, anyway, so let's talk about a little thing called Adventure Sync. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Sink, 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 sink. Everybody. Okay, anyway, so the newest feature in the world of Pokemon Go came out on the first of the month. And basically it's going to have, or it has, fitness tracking capabilities that reward you when you are active. And this will happen even when the Pokemon Go app is closed, which I think is awesome. So the Self Research Group, so the Self Research Group has summarized pretty much everything we need to know. So basically, there are two major components. Um, a new weekly fitness goal has been launched. So even trainers who do not enable Adventure Sync functionality will notice a new goal on their trainer stats screen. It applies to everyone, no matter your level. Credits all kilometers walk towards a weekly walking goal, and there are three different reward tiers. So five kilometers, 25 kilometers, or 50 kilometers in distance walked each week. So the distance logged is when the Pokemon Go app is open um, or active in the background, and do decide to turn on the Adventure Sync, then the distance will be tracked even when the app is closed. And then rewards are paid out once per week at the end of the week, so you will have to be a little patient and receive the reward at the end of the week. So there's the new weekly fitness goal and then also the background fitness tracking. So that's like the main thing that's kind of exciting. Um, and let's go back to the weekly fitness goals. So the rewards, so if you accumulate 5 kilometers for the week, you'll get 20 Pokeballs. If you walk 25 kilometers during the week, you'll get 10 Great Balls plus a 5 kilometer reward. And then 500 Stardust, or, so you get all of those things, or a Rare Candy, or a 5 kilometer Egg. And then if you are just a super trooper and walk 50 kilometers for the week, you get five Ultra Balls plus a five kilometer little reward and a 25 kilometer reward plus 1,500 Stardust. So you can get all of that or three Rare Candies or a five kilometer egg or a 10 kilometer egg. And it accesses fitness data from iOS's health kit or if you have an Android Android the Google Fit app and which I'm really excited about because I'm hoping it'll help save my battery when I'm playing and sometimes I just forget to turn it on if I'm walking somewhere even for a little bit and I think every little bit will add up so I'm excited what do you think Kate? I like it I personally wish the rewards were a little bit better but I think it's really cool that they added this component since um, walking already has a big place in the game with the buddy system and with hatching eggs in general, I think it's really cool to reward doing that component of the game, making the game more well-rounded and versatile. I just don't like that 
one of your options for a reward is a five kilometer egg, which you can get from spinning a pokey stop. And also, I just feel like five kilometer eggs are the worst kind of eggs, but I don't know. It's just the beginning, so I don't want to be too greedy or anything. Well, I have a tip for you then. So, what you can do is if you do um, get the rewards with the five kilometer eggs. So that would be 25 kilometers or 50 kilometers before you like receive your or redeem your reward. You can make sure all of your egg slots are closed and it removes that option. Oh, okay. So basically you can only get started in rare candy. As long as you have all your egg slots filled. Yeah, because you can't, you get, can't get 10 five kilometer eggs. Yeah, you can't have 10 out of 9 eggs. That makes exactly. sense. So if you are upset about it, then there you go. Kate traded me a shiny Cyndaquil. No prob, homie. Alright, rolling through this news. We only have a little bit more to cover. We have, since the month of November is halfway over, might as well tell you guys the monthly quests and rewards that you can get from Pokestops as your field research. If you catch five bug-type Pokemon, you can get a Nincata, which... It's pretty rare. I don't. I haven't seen this one yet, so um, be on the lookout for this one. Don't trash this one if you get it. Also, if you win a raid, you can encounter a Pineco with the possibility of it being a shiny, so I would also prioritize this one. You can evolve to Pidgey, which Pidgey are actually pretty hard to come by now. A lot of people get really excited when they are see Pidgeys. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Why? Because they're not that common, and this reward Evolve to Pidgey, you can get a Caterpie, which can be shiny. Oh, I forgot. I got a shiny Caterpie today. Woo! I was so, I was just clicking on it. I'm like, this is not going to be shiny. And then it was. And I was like, oh my gosh. You have the best shiny look. You know, I didn't think that I did, but I feel like I have been pretty lucky. You definitely do. Honestly. So yeah, there's that. I don't know if I want to leave it in a Caterpie or evolve it to a Metapod or a Butterfree. Mm -hmm. Probably just going to leave it because that's what I like to do. Anyway, and then you can also get five normal type Pokemon to get a pincer, which can be shiny also. So I would prioritize those because those can give you, I think, the best rewards so far. And then Spinda, a new form, has been released this month through the field research. Make three nice curveball throws. You get form number seven of Spinda. And then make five great throws in a row, a Wigglytuff. I would throw that away. That's terrible. Awful. Um, a little better, you can earn a candy walking with your buddy and get a Clefable. If you're newer to the game, you may not have a Clefable um, because Clefairy, well, at least where we are, they're not that common. So that's a pretty good one. And then send five gifts, you can get a Golbat. Mm. That one's pretty good too. If you're new to the game, you don't see a lot of Zubats or anything. So oh, all in all, pretty good for the monthly quests and rewards. What do you think? I think that sounds pretty good. Moving into the biggest news and the meat of our section, we have the Sinnoh Stone. We have the Sinnoh Stone. It has been discovered in the network traffic by data miner trials, and its sprite has been found. So with this Sinnoh Stone, you will be able to evolve certain species of Pokemon. This specifically applies to Gen 4 Pokemon that can be evolved from previous generation Pokemon. For example, 
Rhydon to Rhyperior, Eevee to Glaceon and Leafeon, Murkrow to Honchkrow, and others like that, also known as cross-evolution lines. Pokemon Go Hub has a description of the Sinnoh Stone that says a special stone originally found in the Sinnoh region that can make certain species of Pokemon evolve. It is very tough and has a beautiful sheen. Not shine, sheen. And it's interesting that the Sinnoh Stone doesn't really exist in any of the official Pokemon games, but it was in fact made, it was created in a fan-made game knockoff called Project Pokemon that debuted on the Roblox platform. Interesting. That's very interesting that it did not even come from the actual Pokemon. To evolve the Pokemon that occurred, or that were in previous generations, they, according to like the main series, they would have needed a special kind of item to evolve to its next stage. So in having just one item that evolves all these, uh, may, I guess just made it a little easier for Niantic to be able to kind of solve that problem. So you can use the Sinnoh Stone to evolve the following. Magneton into Magnezone, Rhydon into Rhyperior, Lickitung into Licky Licky, Tangela into Tangrowth, Electabuzz to Electivire, Magmar to Magmortar, Eevee into Leafeon or Glaceon, Sneasel into Weavile, Togetic into Togekiss, Yanma to Yanmega, Gligar to Gliscor, Murkrow to Honchkrow, Curlia to Gallade, Mischievous to Miss Magius, Pillowswine to Mamoswine, Dusclops to Dusk Noir, Snora to Frostlass, Apom to Ambipom, Roselia to Roserade, Porygon 2 to Porygon Z, and finally Nosepass to Probopass. So that is a lot. I didn't realize there were that many. There are 22 cross-stage Pokemon evolutions. So it's not yet known if this is going to be the only item that can be used to evolve Pokemon for previous generations into the corresponding Gen 4 evolution. So we'll have to look out and see if there will be others. If this is the one stone to evolve them all type item, then this will definitely be an extremely sought after item and crucial to completing the Sinnoh Pokedex. Which, and it also probably would take a long time depending on how they choose to drop it, whether it be randomly through Pokestops or kind of like we saw in the previous evolution items, like once a week in the seven-day streak. So that could potentially take 22 weeks if you hit it every week. So that would be a really long time. But it would also be a really good way for Niantic to drag out Gen 4. So I don't know. We'll have to see as we get more info on that. So that was probably the biggest piece of news this week. And with the, with the introduction of the Sinnoh Stone into the traffic, we are almost certain that new evolutions are going to be coming really, really soon. And that maybe an event of some kind will be dropping to celebrate this. And the data mine point 0.127.1, Charles found that there is... In the code, a text that says November 2018. So this leads us to believe that there's going to be an event of some kind, most likely an evolution event that utilizes the Sinnoh Stone. So we'll have to see. Um, with November halfway over, it's got to be coming really, really, really soon. Also in this data mine, we have found the Meltan box was found. 
which uh, we'll talk about in an episode we're going to record tomorrow, or at least I am. I don't know if what Shelby's doing. You're recording another one? Yeah, to talk about Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee and how that plays into Pokemon Go with Meltan and the Meltan box. So that was found in the code with the release of Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee coming out in just a few days, along with Meltan and Melmetal, also found in the code, the Sinnoh Stone, the November 18 event, and Facebook friends could soon appear inside Pokemon Go. Oh, no. So this might be... It says, apparently the game will nudge you to be in, to enable Facebook friends and then stop nudging you if you disable the prompt dialogue. We found nothing deeper and more meaningful about this feature uh, from Pokemon Go Hub. So I guess it's just a way for you to add friends easier in the game. Interesting that they're choosing to use another social media platform into the game. I'm not really sure that I'll be using it, but um, uh, I think Shelby just found an article that was two hours ago. Okay, so about two hours ago, Pokemon Go tweeted that they're going to make some changes to Pokemon effectiveness in battle. Specifically, the CP values will be adjusted to improve in-game balance, and this will begin November 14th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it also says that they're making adjustments to weather. And it will have a reduced effect on the rate at which Pokemon appear. And then it also says that you'll notice a greater variety of Pokemon species will appear over time and at different rates. And certain areas, such as parks or nature reserves, will now contain more varied Pokemon species. So, as I already said, the CP values are going to be adjusted and HP values will be adjusted to close the gap between high HP Pokemon and low HP Pokemon. Pokemon defense and stamina values will be retroactively rebalanced, which will allow highly defensive Pokemon to be more valuable in battle by outlasting opponents, rather than just simply running out the clock. And defensive values have also been slightly retroactively reduced for most Pokemon. And it says that these changes will help narrow the gap between Pokemon with highest defense stats and other Pokemon. So it says that you can expect to see further tweaks designed to help trainers and their Pokemons reach their full potential. And I think that's it. So just some basic information. I think this is a really good thing because I think this has to happen in order for PvP. In order for PvP to happen... Um, I think this is probably the first step that they have towards releasing PvP into the game. To make more Pokemon useful and to make them more well-rounded. In the game, I feel like it's mainly just about attack, so I think this is a really, really good thing. Alright, now we're going to move into a new segment that we have. Shelby started it last week, whether she knew it or not. It's called Headline of the Week. Headline of the Week. Okay. So our headline of the week as I pull it up here. Last week, uh, it was really <laughs> a really, really shocking, interesting one. Actually, David Dobrik talked about it on his podcast. Talked about what, this? No, the one from last week, the woman with... He did? Went, yeah. They literally talked he about listened. It. I know. He listened to our podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, go listen to our last podcast and listen to our headline of the week last week. It was really nuts. Anyway, here's this week. Yeah, we kind of went on a tangent last week. So this week's headline says, 
This Taiwanese grandpa shows the best way to play Pokemon Go is with 11 phones. And this is po was posted on November 7th, 2018. Let's see what this has to say. It says a 70-year-old man in Taiwan has gone viral for playing Pokemon Go with 11 phones attached to his bike. Wow. He has made headlines internationally for the strange setup. Also, look at how many charger cords. Yeah, I wish y'all could see this. It looks like he has something attached to his waist, maybe? Like a fanny pack? Yeah, and like 11 arms that are holding up each phone. And then he has this like satchel thing that I guess has all of the chargers and the cords attached to it. You can probably go look it up. The, you can probably type in the head phone. I'll I'll put a I'll put a link in the description so you can see it. But anyways, it's pretty nuts. So he keeps external batteries and charging cables on him so he can enjoy up to twenty hours of battery life per phone. Can you imagine playing Pokemon Go for twenty hours? Dude. That'll be exhausting if you're walking. Yeah. He it says he does have a waist mount so he can travel with his living phones on foot. It says that his neighbor commented on how Chen's unique approach to catching Pokemon has turned their street into a tourist attraction. So, and it shows a picture of him riding his bike as well. How does he not hit things? Because in this picture, he is not looking at the road. I don't know. He apparently took on the hobby after learning about the game from his grandson, and he spends $1,209 a month to add phones to his collection and Adler's to Pokestops, among other in-game upgrades. Holy mess. And he is retired, so that makes sense. And what a mega his hobby. favorite Pokemon is Snorlax. It says he doesn't... Oh, this is super interesting. He rarely partakes in gym battles, which is interesting for a person who is prepared to play up to 20 hours. As he feels it wouldn't be fair to other players. Okay, that makes well, sense. Well, that's nice. That's nice, but also I feel like it's fine if he did. Well, he probably does raids. Well, he can, like, he could raid just by himself with all those 11 phones. True. So, yeah, that's our headline of the week. Pretty interesting headline, if I do say so myself. Okay, so now we are going to do another segment that we like to call Describe Vibes. And, yes, this is new, but the genius Kate came up with this. Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of working on the title. I don't know if I like it very much. I like it. Describe vibes. Okay, so we're going to pick a Pokemon, and we can't show each other? Correct. We both pick one Pokemon that is currently in the game, okay? So that's just one through four. And then, so you can either use the description in the Pokedex, or you can make up one. Whatever floats your boat. I'm going to be nice to you, and I'm going to do one that's pretty easy. Not like super, super easy, but... Alright, do you want to go first or second? Either one. You pick. Meh, I'll go first. Okay. Okay, this Pokemon is yellow. Is that it? No. And then it... It's not a Gen 4. I don't think it's a Gen 3. <sighs> I get my generations confused. Sorry about it. If I give one hint, I'm afraid it'll... Give it all. It probably likes a hot environment. You don't really use it. It kind of just hangs out in your Pokédex. It's a ground type. Oh, I have a guess. Okay. Is it Sandshrew? Yeah. Yes. I got that off of yellow and ground type. And it likes, I was going to say it likes the desert, but I thought that would be kind of too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. All right, your turn. That was a good one. All right, I'm going to just read the description from the Pokédex because... 
you're a speech pathologist in the making, right? Mm-hmm. So this one has something to do with that. All right. This Pokemon, oh, it's called the Balloon Pokemon. Any guesses just based off that? Is it from Gen 4? I'm not telling you. Just not yet, anyway. It is in my Okay, no, it's not from Gen 4. Okay, it's a balloon Pokemon. Yeah. A secret. jellyfish. No. All right, let me read the description. This Pokemon's vocal cords can freely adjust the wavelength of its voice. This Pokemon uses the ability to sing at precisely the right wavelength Jigglypuff? to make its foes feel most drowsy. That is correct. It is Jigglypuff. Woo! I started you off easy. You're welcome. I knew that because I remember the TV show. I really liked when Jigglypuff would make other people fall asleep. Oh, yeah. In the TV shows. I learned that originally in playing Super Smash Bros. on the Wii. That was my favorite one to be because I thought it was really funny. So, yeah, I like that segment. That's going to be our new segment. Okay, moving right along. Shoutouts of the week! Shoutouts are free and easy. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter at PokemonGoShow1. And we will post a tweet that says, Recording, like or comment, or like a retweet for a shoutout. And that's all you have to do. Who are our shoutouts for this week? Okay, so our first shout of the week goes to GoCast Chris. So thank you for that. And I appreciate that your first name is GoCast because, like, how appropriate that your parents gave you that name. But um, shh, that's just a joke. Anyways, and also thank you for Michael Ganchi. Kind of looks like Gucci, but it's Ganchi. But I bet you're real Gucci. Hey! But um, shh. And our third. Goes to Lured Up Podcast and Gotta Watch Them All. Very clever name. I appreciate that. Indeed. They're also a great podcast. Go check them out. As well as GoCast. Mr. GoCast. Also, Chris Pupa. And then, also, thank you, Terry Wolf, who is a just a great guy. Epic trainer. Alright, so now we're going to go to our question segment. So, also, each week we ask you guys to tweet us questions. Oh, also, code word of the week is giraffe. Giraffe is the code word. It makes me really happy if you tweet it, and if you don't, it makes me sad. So, you determine your mood. Yeah, my mood for the day. Okay, anyway, so the code word is giraffe. So, our first question comes from Gotta Watch Em All, Lured Up slash Gotta Watch Em All podcast. They asked, what are your feelings about event and release fatigue? Does the pacing of the game make you feel confident or concerned with the sustainability of the game over the next few years? Also, if you could change one thing, if you could add or change one thing, what would it be? This is asked by Ken from Lured Up and Gotta Watch Them All. Well, first, I just remember the big gap between Gen 1 and Gen 2 when there was absolutely nothing for forever. And... We still had, not I don't think, a very, very small percentage of people were level 40. So, a lot, like, most most of the communities still had that to go for, but it just felt really, really stale. And we hadn't had, we had, like, two events, maybe. So, that was a really, really dark time, and I remember being very, very bored. Even though I still played it, it was just like, why, like, what's the point? After I mean we'd already we had already collected all of the first all the Pokemon that we could in Gen One, and then as of recently over like the last year, you, it's been like the complete opposite where there's an event just about every week or something bigger going on. 
so it's a huge contrast, but I really like that there's almost always something to look for. We asked on Twitter, do you find the short timeline of events to be stressful? Slash, do you have FOMO on events? So basically this was, so this is basically what we are hinting at with just like what gotta watch or alert up slash gotta watch them all is asking us. As of recently, there have been a lot of mini events and just big events going on simultaneously as smaller events. So there's always something going on. And especially with these little events like these shiny Cubone and shiny Ponytail, they were here for just a few days. And um, community days, they're only three hours. With all these, do you feel like there's too much going on? Do you think if you... Like, if you miss one of these events, are you really sad about it? Do you feel pressure to get out and get as many as you can or that you have to be playing? Does it make it feel like more of a burden than just enjoying the game? And I think that in remembering how dull it was when there was absolutely nothing going on, I think it's really, really good for the game to be so much going on. And I think we need to look at it as... It's not a job, and it doesn't need to be a burden. I think you can play as much as you want, and if you come across where you're just like, oh, this is too much, this is too stressful, then you need to take a step back and be like, okay, this is just a game. I don't need to feel so much pressure, because ultimately I think that it is what is pushing the game forward and what's keeping it growing. I think the game obviously is doing really, really well, since the introduction of all these events and with there being always something to strive for that's what really keeps people coming back that's what keeps people spending money these raid trains that have happened yeah they only last for a few hours but they are bringing in the bucks for Niantic in our poll we had 23 votes uh, we had 74% of people say, yes, it was these short events are stressful. 13% said no. 13% said don't really care. And Ken's response in this question that he asked, he, he voiced his opinion. He said, I am a bit concerned with the pacing. If they keep this amount on pressure, if they keep this amount of pressure on players to not miss out on something, I fear a high attrition rate from burnout. Could you imagine the pace going for a year straight? Great for creators, but insane for ma for the masses. I I definitely see what Ken is saying. I think a fair compromise would be to maybe have Ninety can have a set thing where they do like two big things a month, and then they can sprinkle in these little things. But I think ultimately it comes down to the players. Not putting, an, not putting as much pressure on it. But, I mean, I know that's easier said than done, and I definitely put a lot of pressure on things. But um, I think it's just important to keep in mind that it is a game, and it doesn't need to be your life. Shelby, what do you think? I think you need to take your best boomers, too. I do think that there is pressure on players to miss out on something. Like, I can't play a lot anymore. And I do feel like I miss out on things, but I know that it's hard to accommodate everyone also. So I understand, like, why they do it, because they have to keep the app running and keep it, keep the game interesting. So I understand that. But yeah, I do, I agree. I do feel some pressure 
and the pacing is kind of quick, but there's constantly, you know, something going on, so I don't know how long they can keep that up. Yeah, just from a planning standpoint, I guess. Also, I, I don't feel as much pressure because I really think that in everything they release, they're going to bring it back eventually. It may be a year or something, but I think they're going to have a time where they, well, like, for example, when they released Shiny Houndour several months ago, there was another opportunity to get it within this Halloween event. So I think they'll cycle back through everything just because there's so much and there's so many Pokemon now that they have to cycle through. So I don't think it's like a one-time deal. That's what also makes me feel not as pressured. Good point. But it is true, Niantic, from a planning standpoint, how long can they keep this up? Mm-hmm. That was a very good point also. All right. Next question from Chris. What do you think of Ryolu only coming from eggs? I like this because I think it's important for there to be certain Pokemon that are just really, really hard to get. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it a grind. I do not have a Ryolu yet, and Lucario is one of my favorite Pokemon from this generation, but I am completely okay with only being able to get it from eggs because it's something to look forward to. And I know it's going to take me a while to grind and hatch enough to be able to evolve it. I don't want to use my rare candy to get there, so I like this. I think over time they're going to make it more attainable, but I think at first it's important to kind of slow down the release. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good thing that it only comes from eggs. It makes it more special. Yeah, more exclusive. Mm-hmm. Well, they cannot, like, all these Pokemon can't be Pidgeys. You know, some, yeah. of, some of them have got to be more True that. special and hard to get than others. Next question comes from GoCast Chris. When do you think we'll see Jirachi in special research? I think we will see this in several more months down the road. I'm thinking in the springtime because with the tip, with the pattern that Niantic has done so far with Mew and Celebi with the big space gap, I think it's going to be several more months, but I think it's going to be a really, really big special research quest, one that's going to take a long time for, so. But I could be wrong, because they also released a Spiritomb special research. So we will see. We will see. Our fourth question comes from Terry Wolf. He said, what do you think about Adventure Sync and its failure? I think the main thing, the main backlash with Adventure Sync is that it, the rewards aren't that great for how much you walk but I think a counterpoint can be made for rural players who aren't able to get as many items I think this is a really good reward but for people who can spend Pokestops easily this is like no big deal but I think we can show Niantic a little bit of grace in that this is their first week and I think that they can change the rewards easily hopefully and that we'll be able to see some better things come from this. We may even be able to see things only come from Adventure Sync, like certain stones or maybe the Sinnoh Stone will be a reward for if you walk 50 kilometers in a week. That would be really cool. That would make it more useful. But I really like the fact that it picks up your movement even when you don't have the app on. That makes me not feel pressured to turn it on when I'm driving and just leave it. I can just not even open the app. And know that I'm getting the distance, so I really like that part of it. it. Makes hatching eggs faster. 
But then again, counterpoint, if you're spending money on incubators, it's going to make it more expensive. So the good and the bad. And our last question comes from Nito Marquise. He asks us, how do we feel about the space-time duo and, of course, Arceus coming eventually? And, of course, did you find yourselves Giratina? Well, to answer the second part, we did not find Giratina. Um, that's going to be a last-minute item for both of us if we even get it. If not, I'm okay with waiting for it or getting it through trading. And as for the space-time duo and Arceus... Uh, I have to admit, I have not played through any of the Pokemon Go or any of the Pokemon main series video games. I know Shelby hasn't either. And we haven't seen any of the anime besides uh, the Kanto region anime. We have seen that. But I learned about these kind of from the playing cards. I've been collecting those. Um, I really like the concept. I think it's, it reminds me of the Greek mythology. Yeah, Hades, Zeus, and Poseidon, which I think it's really, really cool to kind of parallel that. I think it's a really awesome concept, and it's going to make, it makes Palkia, Dialga, and Giratina more truly legendary just because of their backgrounds. And I think that um, hopefully they're going to give Dialga and Palkia good movesets, and they're going to be useful in the game, unlike Giratina, which is kind of sad. And then, of course, Arceus, uh, what a legend, the creator of the Pokemon universe. Um, I think that his release in Pokemon Go needs to be epic just because of his background. So those are some really awesome questions. Thank you guys for commenting those on our Twitter. Um, we really enjoy answering questions. That's one of the best parts of the show. That pretty much covers our show this week. This week, I feel like, has been a longer one. We had a ton of news to go through this week. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, as I will for sure play through some of it. Shelby might join me in playing it mm -hmm. if she has the time. It looks really, really fun. If you're on the fence about getting it, I would recommend watching some Twitch streams or YouTubers play through it before you drop the 60 bucks just on one version alone. But I'm going to get just one version for right now. I'm still deciding on Pikachu or Eevee. If you guys have an opinion, let me know what you think I should get and why. So you can follow us on our Twitter at PokemonGoShow1. And if you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hey, this is the best way to get in touch with us. That is at PokemonGoShow1. You can also email us at ThePokemonGoShow99 at gmail.com. And then we have a YouTube channel, which is the Pokemon Go show, where we post our podcasts also. And we have some videos of Pokemon card openings that I have been doing. So go definitely go check those out if you haven't already. They're pretty, pretty chill. I like doing them. I think you'll enjoy watching them. I will also be recording a special episode in preparation of Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. I'll do that probably tomorrow and put it out on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We can't wait till the next one. It's been a wild ride. See you guys next time. Have a good week. Deuces.